Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have Kenny Mitchell with me, who is the CMO of Snap Inc. Kenny, hi and welcome to CMO Moves. Hello, Nadine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here too. I'm looking at you through Zoom and I see a big door behind you. I'm hearing that you just moved or something. Yes, yes. I am very, very happy to say we, we uh, as a family, moved to LA about a year ago with the start of this job here at Snap and had been living in corporate housing, you know, more or less like a little temporary apartment for a full year, not knowing or realizing that part of that year would be under quarantine. So we finally closed on a home and really excited to, to be settling in here. Yeah. Well, well, congratulations. Welcome home to your new home. Um, that's always exciting when you, when you go to a new home or start a new job. And, and like you said, you've been there for a year. Tell, tell me a little bit about why you decided to take on that role at Snap and move all the way to LA. Oh man, that's a, that's a great question. Nice place to start. So, you know, I've been in uh, Chicago for the last uh, 15 years of my career. I spent a preponderance of my time with, uh, with PepsiCo on the Gatorade business and some time at McDonald's most recently. And, you know, I had first run into Snapchat as an advertiser back in 2013. This is when I was working on the, the Gatorade business. And it was really interesting as a consumer-driven brand and business, um, the team, it was very, very common for us to be doing you know, immersions or focus groups or going to camps or academies or things like that. And uh, we were hearing so much about Snapchat from all of the athletes that, that we worked with. And even from, you know, Gatorade's versions of uh, influencers, which are like athletic trainers, nutritionists, dietitians, they're curious about, you know, the platform. So, you know, myself and my team, we, we got on the platform very early on as users to, just to try to understand it. 
Um, you know, we had this philosophy then that uh, Gatorade was founded in a lab. So like innovation is a part of the DNA. So when there's new platforms that come up, you wanted to, to do the best you could to have a good handle on it. So I became a user myself. I can look at my Snap profile uh, uh, late 2013. And, you know, once they um, opened up the business uh, to, um, to advertisers in 2015, Gatorade was one of the probably first 10 or 20 advertisers or so, and did a lot of really amazing things on the platform. I think some folks are aware of like the the dunk uh, that we did around the Super Bowl. And we did things like a game with uh, Serena Williams, like a little 8-bit game. We did an animation with uh, Usain Bolt. And, you know, what, what, what really inspired us at the time was that the platform had all of these creative ways to do storytelling and brand building had tremendous reach with an audience that was really difficult to, to get to. And it just gave us a lot of, um, lot of energy. Um, so, you know, you fast forward several years later, <laughs> um, I'm a marketer at McDonald's and I get a call from the, the, the Snap team about potentially coming on board as their first CMO. And I'll tell you, when I first got that call, I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, the company, this, uh, this was late 2018, and the company had done a redesign, and there was a decent amount of, like, turnover that was happening. So I just, I, I um, had to obviously accept the call and learn more, but I came in very nervously kind of evaluating whether there's an opportunity that made sense. And um you know, from there, I had a chance to meet Evan, who's my, my boss and the co-founder, and, and Bobby, uh, the other co-founder, and then some of the other members of the executive team. And I really found a kinship with that group of people that had like really, really similar values, just a, a low ego team, um, really smart, really highly energized, really hardworking. I already was a big believer in the platform. And got to hear a little bit about kind of like the vision and, and the future for, for Snap. And then realized that marketing had a really good opportunity in terms of helping to drive growth of the community, helping to drive growth of the advertiser base, helping to kind of tell a bit of the brand story. Um, so, you know, it, it ultimately became a bit of a no brainer for us. Wow. Okay. So a lot in there. Um, and I want to dig into a couple different parts of this, but I have to ask, because I actually lived in Chicago for a long time, um, about 10 years of my life. I was in and out of Europe and other places where I was doing some consulting work, but um, legitimately 10 years in Chicago and then moved to San Francisco on a dime. And it's like night and day. How is Chicago versus LA for you? Oh man. So Chicago was really, really dope. Like I had a great time in Chicago, a lot of really good friends. It is a remarkable city. Like if it were warmer, it would be, I think the (laughs) most populated city in America because it has everything, world-class restaurants. It's really livable in terms of being affordable and clean. So I had a really, really good time in Chicago. Um, and have like a lot of, lot of dear friends there. And, and our daughter, um, Carter, she's 13. That's, that's all she's known and she was born and raised there. Um, in, in LA, I've only known LA through business, right? So traveling here, our, my ad agency I'd worked with was in LA. I'd go here for shoots and for you know, industry events and things like that. 
but you know, nine times out of 10, I was at a hotel. So I, I didn't know what it meant to like be an LA resident. <laughs> and I was actually really nervous about what it meant to be uh, an, an LA resident. Cause I think of it in terms of like the industry, I think of it in terms of entertainment industry and LA has exceeded expectations, but have also um, just liked kind of the, the spirit and energy of, of the people here and of, of, of the city. I think it's, it's diverse. Um, there are, people with really progressive mindsets. Um, you're, you just are um, naturally encouraged to go and like, embrace the outdoors and the various activities that happen around the city, which obviously are impacted by COVID right now, but we, we had a chance to dip into those a good bit when we first got started. And, you know, my, my, my behind is, is not someone that is known for taking hikes. And I have taken mad hikes since I've been in LA. I've taken more hikes in one year in LA than I think I had in, uh, you know, 40 plus years of my life. So, um, so we, we, we really enjoyed, enjoyed the change um, and, uh, and uh, look forward to, you know, whatever this new, world looks like once we are uh, emerging out of our quarantines and, and getting a chance to experience it even more. Yeah. Amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. That was a big, big uh, impact for me moving to San Francisco. You talk about taking hikes um, and the elevation, but you know, in Chicago rollerblading, I guess I'm dating myself now, rollerblading was really hot, right? Around, mm-hmm. especially around the lake. And um, I was big into rollerblading. And the first time I put my blades on in San Francisco, I realized I'm actually on an incline and I'm not stopping anytime soon here. So my career in rollerblading was ended uh, immediately. Uh, so Anyways, okay, back to Snap. Um, so you mentioned telling the story from a consumer perspective, but then you also mentioned advertising. So are you um, both B2C and B2B activities? Uh, yeah, that's, that's correct. That's actually been a really interesting change for me. I've obviously spent the vast majority of my career as a consumer marketer. So I've been on the other side of, of I guess, receiving you know, uh, B2B messaging from, from advertising platforms. Um, but yeah, now um, have some accountability and just in terms of how we tell our, our brand stories and, and our positioning and our, our narrative as, as a platform. So that, that part's been a really fun and interesting journey and, and learning for me and something that I, I think our team is really making great strides on and, and you know, something that, that, that's re- really exciting and new. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I did... Um quite a deep dive in a snap, but it's been a few years. So at the time, the majority of your user base was somewhere between 12 and 24 years old, but that's changed, right? You have a a broader user base now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that the the entry point for our platform is generally going to be, you know, younger consumers, but, you know, our, our platform continues to, evolve and to, to, um, to, to grow in terms of the, the overall demographics. So, you know, one, one of the interesting stats that I've, I've mentioned in a few different places is, you know, SNAP is known for reaching young people, which is, which is very true. We have, you know, more 13 to 24 year olds in, in the U.S. alone than Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger combined, right? So like massive reach and scale with the, the younger audience. But what would maybe surprise you is if we were to take away our 24 and under audience in the U.S. and only we're 25 plus, our community is larger than Twitter's whole community, all age groups in the U.S. 
So the platform actually has like far more scale than people would actually give it credit for. And part of it is because it, it's, a, it's a closed platform, but it's, uh, it, it's something that, that has tremendous reach. And, and we've, we've certainly continued to make strides kind of up the, the age cohort um, in terms of, of our reach. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting fact. I did, had no idea. Mm-hmm. And is the usage different in those different groups or is what's hot right now? You know, the, the, the primary usage for, for SNAP is it's, it's about communicating creatively with your good friends. Like that's, that's kind of at the core of it. And, um, you know, it's a platform that people use 30 times a day <laughs> to send messages back and forth. And it's kind of based on this insight that, uh, that Bobby and Evan had around this generation really communicating visually. So, you know, me and my friends and family, you know, really grew up texting <laughs> where this generation has grown up taking pictures and videos to express themselves and, and using that to um, share a moment. And um, that, that's really been like the kind of codifying insight for, for Snap and, 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 and why it's been so beloved. And that's what you see generally across um, all of the cohorts is this, this usage around communication. Um, but we're also, you know, incredibly well known for creativity and innovation, particularly around AR. So the various, you know, lenses and, and, and filters that, um, that we apply as, as creative tools are an, another thing that people really, really love about, about Snap. I, I just had a good friend today who, um, who just joined. I was like, hey, you got to get on. We got we to get connected. And she adds me on as a friend and I send her like a series of really funny snaps using a bunch of our, our, uh, our lenses just to, 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 to let her know uh, how, how things go down. So that's uh, another kind of core part of our, our service that people are big fans of. Yeah. Well, okay. So you're going to have to send me something from that series because you did promise to send me some of your, your more famous <laughs> images. In fact, I heard that you host your internal team meetings using snap lenses. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that uh, any listener now could, uh, could download. It's the snap camera. Um, you just uh, Google it really quickly. It's a, it's a desktop application that allows you to use a lot of the AR lenses in um, your, your virtual communications. We, uh, you know, I'm, it's not uncommon that I will, uh, you know, appear as a, as a dog or as a unicorn or as a potato or whatever it might be. Um, it gives us a little bit of fun, <laughs> you know, uh, during the middle of a, of a, you know, good marketing strategy debates. I love that. I remember you show, okay, we were in Google Hangouts and you can actually use it in Google Hangouts, right? Correct. It, but you can't do it in Zoom, so I'm bummed. I, I wanted to be talking to you as a potato or or a unicorn <laughs> or something today, but I can still visualize what you showed me. It was really, really funny. Um, so you you did promise me you were going to shoot me a little clip that we could share. I, I'm on it, Nadine. I'm on it. I will, <laughs> I will, I'll send you a clip, and it'll, it'll, it'll be a, a nice demonstration of how, uh, how, we, how we bring a little fun to our meetings. Cool. Okay. So let's, let's keep talking about B2C because B2C is interesting because you're, you said you have in the cohort about 25 and above is bigger than the entire Twitter universe. So like in the U S in the U S in the U S. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the U S mm-hmm. but does that mean you have to market to consumers what snap is um, to get them to come onto the platform still, or is that one of your lanes? 
Yeah, we, we have a few lanes. And as you know, I'm, I've been in, in role for a year. So these are things that we are kind of building and developing and, and, and bringing to market as we move forward. But taking a step back, I'd say that there's maybe three big areas of focus for us. One is the efforts that we have around um, growing our community. And that's, just, you know, user growth activity as, as it's often referred to and um, doing that in some of our higher priority markets around the globe. That's something that the team works um, really hard on in terms of, of bringing um, new, new folks onto the platform. The second piece is actually just around driving awareness of some of the, you know, the, the features and, and um, efforts within the platform for existing users that may not have as much um, you know, familiarity with one part of the service versus another part, whether it be our AR features, whether it be our games, uh, whether, whether it be our map, and, and uh, given give some visibility to that. And then the third is literally around um, brand building and helping to, to drive a little bit of definition of, um, of, of, of the, the business and the brand. And um, that can happen in a variety of ways as well. When I um, joined on, the team was in the middle of embarking on a brand campaign, which we launched last year around our, our community um, and our um, core, core value, which we called our Real Friends campaign, where we really highlighted the notion of friendships and, and how they manifest themselves um, through the voice of our, of our community. Um, so helping to tell a bit of that, that brand story um, is another important component of, of the things that we do from, from, a, from a B2C perspective. Super. Okay, so let's talk about B2B because it's, it's unusual that you wear both hats. And so I remember back in the day when uh, the discovery uh, options were just released and brands were trying to figure out how to engage consumers when they were almost like two separate channels. And the, the going notion at the time was you really need to be native uh, to use Snap. Like what, how, what's it like now? How can brands participate? Oh man. So we, it, it's funny that you bring that up because I think that being able to connect the dots between how we're approaching our marketing from a B2C perspective with how we're going to market from a B2B perspective could be a really great, you know, unlock for us in terms of the way that we, we tell our brand story. And um, one great example of that is um, we just participated for our first time in, in the new fronts this year. And the same creative team, which is a, a part of um, you know, our, our, our marketing team that works on both B2B and B2C, helped us bring that New Fronts um, story to life. And you know, our focus uh, for the New Fronts was really around our, our, our community. So as a part of the presentation, I actually talked a good bit about what we call the Snapchat generation and how they're like so unique and how they're driving so much change in this nation and how they think of things very, very, very differently. And then the other focus was really on our, our, our content platform and Discover and some of our original programming and programming that we do with publishers because we have a massively, massively scaled content business that has a tremendous amount of engagement. We have, it's a, it's a curated platform. So it's something that we literally hand curate this, the same way that you know, television stations did and broadcasters did. We, we do the same thing working with really trusted uh, partners, the ESPNs of the world, the Disney's of the world, the Cosmos of the world, et cetera. And we also have um, original programming, um, some that is scripted and some that is more documentary style that, that we, we produce um, either in-house or, or, or with a partner. 
And, you know, just over the last year, we've seen time spent in Discover um, grow by over 50%. And it's a place where, you know, we talk about our community, like learning about the world and learning about each other um, through, through um, you know, things that they, that they see in our, our Discover platform and, and have really grown to, to have some real passion behind it. I'm a big fan myself of a few of our Discover shows. There's, uh, there's this one show called The Dead Girls Detective Agency that uh, I, I love and I watched it with my daughter. It's basically about these girls who, who uh, almost go into purgatory after they, they die and then they become detectives to help solve un, you know, unsolved, uh, unsolved murders. So it's like really, 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 really cool. And what, what's interesting about Discover is that the, the, the content is made and concepted for mobile, for vertical formats. Mm -hmm. And the way that the creators themselves lean into that um, very, very, very natively is really, really cool. So, you know, the shows are usually, you know, three to five minutes long. So they're like made for mobile. They're cut in ways that are like very dynamic, very engaging. Oftentimes they'll even have like almost like a, the, the, the user design and kind of the ways that people use uh, mobile devices inherent in the way that the story is told. So there's a show called Dead of Night where it's like you literally could see both the, the, the character kind of featured within the show, but you also could see them potentially getting a phone call or a video call or, you know, like the kind of things that they're, you're blending in native mobile behavior with um, storytelling, which is, which is really cool. So we've, we've had the, the benefit of kind of pioneering and understanding uh, mobile storytelling for this generation for a long time. And, and, and that's uh, something that's really exciting for us. Yeah, very cool. I remember I was doing um, a lot of work. In fact, I was working with shareability, which is a viral video company. Um, well, they do a lot more than that now, but like, I remember when that whole shift was happening because everybody now who was shooting film, any kind of video had to do it both horizontal and now vertical. And everybody was like, okay, wait, how does this work? And you know, it was really intriguing. It was a, it was a really dramatic shift. I remember that. Yes, yeah, that's a big testament to Evan and Bobby. And it was, I remember as an advertiser at first working with Snap and they're like, no, we, we, our, our ad formats are vertical. It's like, you guys are a pain in the ass. Now I got to like figure out a way to record it vertically and horizontally. It's like, oh my goodness. It, see, it, it required our, our agencies and production partners to be like a lot more creative and a lot more, you know, um, nimble in terms of how we decided to try to tell stories. And like, so it was, it was very, um, everyone was telling them that that is probably not something that's going to succeed. The only way you tell stories is landscape. And like, lo and behold, it is exactly the way that people are uh, consuming um, content. So good for those, uh, for, for Bobby and Evan to stick into their guns. And um, it's been funny to watch the industry make its way uh, to a place that, uh, that, that, that Snap has been for, for years. Yeah, no, definitely kudos. What's best for the user is what's going to happen. Um, so good for you. Good for you. I love that. All right, cool. So you guys have been doing a lot, but tell me about the future. What's coming down the pipe that you're super excited about? Can you share it? First oh, of all? man. So um, what was really exciting for us is just last uh, month, um, about a month ago, almost to the day, we had our um, SNAP Partner Summit. It was our second our second such uh, partner summit is kind of something that we do to celebrate 
our partners to celebrate developers we work with, content creators that we work with. And as a part of the partner summit, um, one, it was like an amazing demonstration of Snap being an innovative company. We put together this really cool virtual showcase, um, almost created this beach-like environment and massive uh, credit to Evan. It was a part of, part of his vision for, for trying to bring that together. And out of um, our, our partner summit, there are a few things I was really specifically excited about. One of them is, you know, what, what we call minis, which are these like little, uh, like mini utilities that actually sit within the, 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 the Snapchat environment. One example was um, with Adam Tickets, who's a partner of ours, where you literally are able to, you know, watch a movie trailer, find seats buy them in partnership with one of your friends, do that. You can actually split the ticket up. You can communicate to each other, you know, which theater you're going to and meet there. So like some of the friction that would be involved in the typical process of like planning a trip to the movies is all happening within this, this little, this little mini environment. There's another one that we um, have done with a partner headspace where it's basically this mini moment of mindfulness that you can, that can happen within, within the application. I just think about, you know, the different ways that, um, you know, the, the platform can kind of add value for our community through these, these type of partnerships and just take away some of the friction that, that kind of exists in, in a variety of things that people do. And the other thing that I really loved is we kind of introduced a bit in mass um, scan through our cameras. So, you know, through the camera, you're able to do things like identify types of plants. So you can point your camera at a plant, kind of like push down on the camera and it can tell you that it's a, you know, azalea or whatever it might be. The same, the same thing with uh, dogs where you can actually look at dogs, you can scan them and understand what breed they are. There's an, another uh, scanner application that like allows you to, you know, look at, uh, the ingredient label of food and kind of identify like kind of its macronutrient profile. So that was another thing that was that was really exciting to me. And then I'd, I'd say the third thing is that we kind of introduced what we call a action bar, kind of like a navigation bar that like helps people kind of, you know, move around the, the surface area of, of the app. And as a part of it, we made um, the maps, um, which are which are part of the platform, kind of what we call like a first class citizen. So something you can easily find it. And it's a personalized map based on like how you engage with the world and how your friends engage with the world. And in aggregate, this introduces uh, this notion of, of Snapchat being a bit of a platform um, where there's communication, there's utility, there's there's fun, there's innovation. And, and it, 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 to me, kind of points to a really, really bright future. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I've been so immersed in your world, asking all these questions, soaking it all up. I uh, totally lost track of the time. And uh, <laughs> we are, we've got like about five minutes left before I lose you, I think. So l- let's do this. Let's hear Kenny's advice for the world. Tell us, as you grew into this world, the CMO of one of the coolest companies, like, I mean, you're cutting edge right now and you're popular. Like, that's a very hot desired role. What, what do you advise other folks to do to get into that role like that? Oh man. Well, um, I'll start with a piece of advice that I got from, you know, one of my first uh, leaders um, starting my career. And by the way, the folks that you have had on CMO moves have been unbelievably impressive 
some of my absolute idols. I mean, Carl Hassan, I absolutely love her. Rick Gomez is the one who actually gave me my start in marketing when I was coming out of business school. Like Jason White's a really good friend of mine. Bose is amazing. Like what you've done is just like really phenomenal. So, you know, I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge how, how, um, how honored I am to, to, to be here. But going back to your question, you. one, one of the, you know, pieces of advice that I generally start with when I'm talking to uh, folks about careers um, came to me from a gentleman named Matt Knott, who I worked for right when I got out of business school and I first started with PepsiCo. And I was a, a you know, assistant marketing manager. <laughs> I was, you know, super excited. I was going to, you know, hard charger trying to rule the world and, you know, had my mid-year review with him and said, hey, man, I, I, I want to be like you one day. Like, tell me what I, what I need to do. Any advice you have for me? He said, Kenny, my single advice for you is kick ass at your current job. Like what you do right now, you want to create a poll strategy because you have done such a remarkable job that people want to work with you. You've been someone that is great to partner with. You've been someone that can solve problems. You've been someone that, um, that, that, that treats people well. Um, you've been someone that, that um, is unafraid to, to do the work. And that has been like some foundational like guidance and direction for Matt. I'm forever in his debt for, for, for giving me that counsel and help me kind of like calm down and hunker down and, and, and really focus on doing the work and, and creating that pull strategy where people are like, hey, I, I really would like to, to, to work with this guy and, and, um, and, and know that he can add a tremendous amount of value. You know, the second thing for me, I'd say is um, I'm, I'm a, a former athlete. I was a point guard. Um, and I, I often tell people that and I bring it up because, you know, point guard is responsible for being kind of the coach on the court, for making sure the team knows the game plan, making sure you're putting people in a uh, position to succeed based on their respective skills. And you, you learn to interact with uh, people in all walks of life and, and different styles and different personalities and finding ways to, to work together and to put the work in and, and focus on winning um, has been like kind of like a hallmark of how I like to lead and how I like to work um, with my teams. And point guard is rarely the person who scores the most points or gets the most rebounds, but he's also the person that kind of like helps to lead and drive the team and make sure that, that, that everyone is, um, is, is, is well positioned for a success. You know, when I think about, you know, marketing more broadly, a, a few um, pieces of advice that I, I also like to give is part of the magic of, of, of marketing in my mind is kind of uncovering the truth of the brand, peeling back to find like, what is that truth about the, about, about the brand and about the service that is like really unique to it. And then telling that story with a tremendous, tremendous amount of discipline um, and a tremendous, tremendous amount of soul. Dolly Parton has said famously, like, figure out who you are and be that on purpose. And that to me is a lot of what marketing is, is like figuring out what that brand is about and then like living that and, and being that on, on purpose. Um, and, uh, you know, the last thing I'll say is, um, and, and people that have worked on my teams and worked with me know this um, incredibly well, um, I, I believe that, um, you know, that, that steel in a, in a lot of ways kind of sharpens steel. Um, so you're constantly being like self-critical and, and, and pushing to try to get um, and, and deliver the, the, the best work. And, you know, 
Um, part of the hallmark of a lot of the businesses I've worked on have been really around like creative excellence and storytelling. And, and one, one of the things that's been a big inspiration for me has been uh, this quote from uh, Mike Tomlin, the football coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and he has this quote where he talks about the standard being the standard. You know, and, and it came from, uh, at least from what I recall, an interview that he, he had at one of the years that the Steelers won the Super Bowl and, you know, players on the team were getting hurt, but the team continued to be successful. And they're like, well, what's, what's that about? And he said, well, this isn't about, you know, Troy Palomalu. This isn't about Jerome Bettis. This is about the standard of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the standard of our defense, the standard of our offense, the standard of our execution. And the standard is the standard. So when you're called to come in and when you're called to deliver, you got to deliver to that standard. And I've had the, the good fortune of working on fairly iconic businesses and brands, whether they be Gatorade or McDonald's and, and Snap and all of um, its innovation and creativity. And, and we, we need to continue to hold ourselves to those, those types of standards. Um, and it's something that, that, uh, that, that I've constantly pushed for myself as, as well as for my teams. Okay, your secret superpower is you're an amazing quoter. Um, so now I have all kinds of conflicting headlines for your podcast. Uh, <laughs> I love that you're quoting somebody else, standard is standard, but I love what you said, steel, sharp, and steel. <laughs> but I have to say my favorite right now is discipline and soul. That's an amazing headline. Mm, so nice. uh, let's see if that sticks, but I, I have a good feeling about that one. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I want to spend so much more time with you. I have so many more questions. But I wanted to extend a very special thank you to you for not only being with me today, sharing all these incredible ideas. I mean, it's so exciting, the world that you live in, and your tips were so good. <clears throat> um, and I also want to thank you so much for being a mentor two times in a row for Ad Week mentees and also for being part of our Diversity and Inclusion Council. I've you know, just really appreciated you and everything that you do to support everyone around us uh, in terms of equality, solving for the inequities, helping raise people up. So thank you so much for that. Oh, wow. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And it, it's, it's literally my, my pleasure and an absolute honor. I, I definitely believe in the notion of, you know, you, you, you pull up and lift people as you climb. Um, and um, one, one of my um, biggest thrills is that, you know, I um, have had an opportunity to either recruit, hire, work with, or, or mentor um, a ton of really talented, um, you know, marketers of color. Um, and I feel like it is um, both a privilege and an opportunity to do so. And I want to do so, so much more. So thank you for inviting me to, um, you know, to become a mentor. I've um, had some, some um, really, really good conversations with um, some, some incredibly talented people. Um, and, you know, I, my, my grandmother, my late grandmother, she passed about a little over a year ago, um, had a conversation with me and several other fa family members about a year before she passed. And she asked us, like, what, what is, what is um, the reason why you think you're here? Like, what, what's, what's kind of the, the meaning of life? Why are you here? And, you know, we had a bunch of different answers that everyone gave. I think mine was like, hey, I want to raise a, a good, good citizen and a good, good human. And she was like, we are here to be in the service of others. And I tell you what, that that hit me uh, like like a Tyson blow. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, 
And, you know, I've at times tried to, to, to be of, of service to friends and colleagues and even, even strangers who I thought I could be helpful to, but um, it's, it's something I've really doubled down that, that commitment kind of, kind of in, 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 in service of my, of my Nana. Um, yeah. So, you know, this, uh, you know, ha- having this, this opportunity, um, these types of opportunities is, is really exciting for me. Yeah, I think your Nana would be proud because according to LinkedIn, the post that you put out there where you did an open call to mentor just about anybody, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a lot of people on LinkedIn who were, uh, who were looking for some support and I was, I was really, really, you know, energized and, and uh, humbled by the outreach and, and, you know, I ended up writing dozens of recommendations, doing dozens of introductions to people. People and all of those just made me feel incredibly proud. I, I'm, it's kind of difficult to scale, so might need your help on figuring out how to scale that. But um, you know, at a time, a really difficult time like this we're having for the country, being able to uh, to, to provide some some help and assistance to people has has, has uh, been really gratifying. Well, I thank you again. And not only did that inspire me, but you inspired a number of people to do the same thing you did. So good for you. And um, I'm just honored to, to be in your company. Um, so my last question to you, because I have to ask the last question. I always ask the same last question. If money and talent were of no object, you could do anything in the world. You're already smiling. You know the answer. Hopefully you do. What would you be doing? Oh man! So I've I've heard your podcast several times, and I've asked myself um, the, the the same question. And um, you know, so I've I've been a little split. Growing up, I always wanted to be a combination of the owner, president, and coach of like my favorite sports team. Like the the Philadelphia Eagles is like by far my favorite team. I'm I'm from Philadelphia, that's my squad. So if if there were a job where I could both coach (laughs) the general manager, the president and the owner, um, basically run, run a franchise and coach the team, um, that would have that 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 to me would have been uh, the the absolute the absolute dream job, and I, I felt the same way about music. I've been a DJ when I was in, in college. I've, I've had a long time. I've had a passion for music, so I also wanted to be like you know Clive Davis or or Puff Daddy or somebody like that that kind of ran a label, but also was an artist. Like I've, 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 there's the vanity and the business side of me on both of those <laughs> stories. I want to be the coach and the owner. I want to be the you know, I want to be an artist and run the record label. Um, I've always had, uh, the, the, those have been two things that I've, I've uh, always, always thought of as a kid. It'd be really fun. I love that. Okay. So if my list is too long of all the dots, I just connected in my head for you. So I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with you with some ideas because uh, you got my wheels spinning and I only have one superpower in the world and that's connecting dots. And you just gave me a lot to think about. So, um, so cool. But for now you are the coach of snap and you are killing it out there. So good for you. And you're the coach of many. Um, so thank you for everything that you do. And uh, thank you for being on CMO moves. You are too kind. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day.
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 